Hi guys, and welcome to episode 37 of the Optical View Podcast. I have on Javon Belfour. Javon Belfour is a five-time senior national wrestling champion. He's also came third at the Pan Ams as well as second at the Commonwealth Games. He has reached the pinnacle in terms of excellence in sports. His sport, freestyle wrestling. I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. I'll see you guys in the next one. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of the Optical View Podcast. I am super excited to be joined with Javon Belfour. How's it going? I'm good. How are you doing, Dylan? And I'm excited to have you on. I'm excited to be here. All right, so before we get into who you are and what do you do, I have a couple of this or that questions to kick us off. Let's do it. Cats or dogs? Uh, I want to say cats just because they're a little bit more athletic and independent. So. All right, all right. Coffee or tea? Tea. For sure. Coffee has that gross aftertaste. All right. Morning or night person? I like waking up in the morning, but I think I live at night. Oh, you're kind of like a hybrid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. You can only pick one. Tacos or burgers? I'm picking burger for sure. Yeah. All right. Pancakes or waffles? Waffle. Yes. Yeah, yeah for sure. Hot or cold weather? That's not even a hot weather. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm the same way, man. All day. <laughs> Super salad. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, let's go soup. Soup. Ooh. All right. And pizza or pasta? Pasta, for sure. Yes. Let's go. That's, That's two weeks for in sure. a row now. <laughs> <laughs> People don't usually pick those options. No, it's and man, everyone. I've been doing this. This is uh thirty-seven. Everybody's always picked pizza, and last week I was like, "Cause I'm a pasta guy." So like my one person on the podcast picked pasta, and I was like, "Oh, here we go." And now, now you picked it, so I'm right. No pasta for sure. I'm right with you. All right. So who are you, and what do you do? Uh, like you introduced earlier, Javon Balfour. Uh, I wrestle. Uh, was on the senior national team a bunch of times, five times in a row. Um, I wrestled for Brock University, wrestled for Team Canada, wrestled for Heart Lake Secondary School in high school. Um, graduated Brock University, a bachelor's of social science. Um, what else do I do right now? So right now I'm just helping other people get better at co- at wrestling by coaching. So there's that. Man, I love it. How did you first get into that? Into wrestling? Yeah. So um, I wasn't a bad kid by any means, but I was a physical kid. I like to like play around with my friends a lot. But I think I remember taking it. This one kid was like not really getting bullied, but I, it was kind of an, I think I was having a bad day and I was kind of annoyed. And someone was like pushing this kid around and I was like, guys, stop. And the guy was just like, mind your own business, blah, blah, blah. It was like grade nine, I think. And before this, my friend Lenford, he had told me, oh, maybe you should start, you should join wrestling because he was doing the practices and whatnot. And I wanted to join a sport. And I was like, uh, maybe not. Like, I don't know about this whole wrestling thing. And then he said, you should do it. But anyways, fast forward, like, maybe like a week later, uh, I was like messing. I was like, try, just trying to talk to this kid out of like, not really, bu- I shouldn't say bullying because that sounds so bad, but he was just like, messing with the kid and then i'm just like yo stop and then this guy started like kind of not picking a fight with me but he started getting handsy and he like started push shoving me so i shoved him back a little bit and then uh our high school wrestling coach chris Kelman sees it he's like, hey guys what are you guys doing how about you like use that uh energy for something else and then he was like talking to us he's like i got wrestling practice blah 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 i'm like you know what my friend was talking about wrestling practice guys talking about wrestling practice let me go see what it's about so under wrestling practice and a bunch of other events happened after that that made me want to stay. So, Wow. So you started in high school? Started in high school, yes. Grade 9. Wow. That's that's pretty uh, fast developing then to go from high school to, to college, right? Oh, uh, yeah. So a lot of people say that for sure, yeah. Wow. So do you, do you think that 
there's something in you that helped you develop quicker than maybe some other people that have joined? Um, I think it was that I didn't like, I loved winning and I hated losing. Like extreme ends on both. And I remember losing my first match. It's funny because I have a picture. I guess someone had taken it. Maybe they hadn't taken the picture of me, but they had a picture of me in the whole picture and they had cropped it out and they man this was the first time you lost the match and like it just happened to have this moment and now it's on the fridge at one of my friends house it's moved around a lot but it's like hung up and then it's me like with my hands on my chin looking all sad and whatnot um but yeah i just hated losing and then i remember playing like i said i like to be physical with my friends and playing around and i like i used to like do decently well and a lot of my friends were like bigger than me or like around my side and they were all in like physical like other sports soccer football basketball you name it and I could always handle it then but then I remember going to wrestling practice and there's this one kid Denzel Tomlin uh in grade three four and five we were in the same primary school and then we had switched middle schools so we didn't see each other for a while and he had started wrestling at his middle school and then I, when I got to the wrestling practice, I seen him there. I was like, oh, Denzel, do you remember me? He's like, yeah, of course, blah, blah, blah. We should be good friends. Comes up to me, and he's just like, oh, you want to be partners today? And I was like, sure, I don't know what I'm doing, but all right. And he doesn't look like the type of guy I shouldn't be beating in a wrestling match. And then <laughs> when you're just looking at it from an outside, outsider's perspective. But he beat me up so good. And I'm just like, what is it about this thing that, like, Anyone can, like, be so good. And I remember the coach's daughter was also really good. And she was beating up everyone. I was like, okay, I need to understand in my brain what what makes everyone so good at, like, this sport. And then from then, I was just like, oh, it's the technique. It's the mindset. It's, there's so many little things, the cardio, that help develop someone to be, like, a good wrestler. Yeah, and and so how did you do in your high school, I guess, wrestling career, if you want to call it that? Um, so my first year wasn't great. I did win the juniors by the end of the year, but before that, I didn't really win any tournaments or anything, but I won our junior regionals. Uh, went to the senior regionals because you have to place top two or three to qualify for the senior regionals. But then I got destroyed at the senior regionals. Uh, grade 10. Uh, I got a little bit better. I started going out to clubs, so I got more mat time. Um, and then I went to the juniors. I'd won it again. And I went to the seniors, and this time I had gotten second. I had, like, crazy big matches. People were calling upsets and whatnot. Wow. <laughs> yeah. And then um, went to OPSA. And I lost my – I actually lost to my uh, own teammate in the finals that I uh, – senior ROPSA, senior regionals. Yep. And then we both went to OFSA, and we both ended up facing each other for fifth and sixth at OFSA. So there's that. And then in grade 11 and 12, we just did, dedicated our time to it a little bit more and ended up winning the seniors and OFSA both those years. Wow. Now, when you say teammate, was this a club teammate or a high school teammate? He was a high school teammate, but he was also part of the club. So both, I guess. Now, going into that match, I guess those multiple matches that you had, did you know how it was going to go based off of the training that you guys had? Um, I had already put an idea in my head that he was better than me. So I had wrestled him at the, uh, the regionals, and he beat me up pretty good at the regionals. But then at OFSA, it was a way, 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 way closer match, giving him a lot more problems. And I think that's when I was just like, man, like, you can beat these guys. Just You just got to buckle down and really, like, focus. Stop putting things in your head like, oh, he's my teammate. He beats me at practice. Mm-hmm. Like, I won't be able to beat him. Because everyone wrestles. Uh, everyone, everyone practices and everyone competes differently, right? Some people are not as consistent in competition as they are in practice or vice versa, right? 100%. And I feel yeah. like I was more of that consistent in practice and competition kind of guy. So, And were you doing any other sports in high school? <laughs> no, I didn't do any sports, really. I played, like, football when because my brother played football. But my mom wasn't the wealthiest, so she couldn't really afford to put us both in that. So we, I didn't play sports 
till high school and then I played did wrestling and I ran cross country in grade 10. Oh, okay, okay. So did you end up getting some type of scholarship or grant for uh like I guess because of wrestling? No. Um at the time I was good, but you also at the time at least, I think it's a little bit different now. Uh Canadian universities can't really give uh, a scholarship, but I like you said, there was a bursary option. I think I do remember getting a small bursary. I just don't rem- I it could have been maybe not even a bursary, but a donation from one of the club uh well the university club coaches. Okay. Yeah. So after high school you head to Brock, right? Went to Brock. And why did you choose Brock? Was it for the wrestling? Pretty much, yeah. So you you've basically dedicated since sounds like grade eleven your whole life to getting better at wrestling. Pretty much honestly, yeah, pretty much. And so now you now you're going to Brock University at this timeline and uh you know, you go there specifically for wrestling. What drove you to that school? Was it the coaches? Was it the previous history? What was it? Uh get to get back to that question. It's actually funny now that I think about it. My sister I asked her to uh edit my resume because I'm just applying for like different kind of jobs. Um and she's like, okay, tell me like this kind of work experience, this kind of work experience. And I'm telling her. And she looks back, she texts me back and she's like, Jafon, you literally wrestled your whole life. Your whole life you've done what you love. I feel like I kind of like that. And I'm just like, I guess if you want to put it like that. But like you were saying, the Brock thing. Um, yeah. Uh, I like the intensity in the room. Marty Calder, the coach there, he provides this like, crazy crazy intensity where it's like you got to be focused you got to be willing to work hard and i knew i re- i knew i wanted to work hard to become really good and i i love the intensity i think the intensity is the part that really made helped me make that decision because i knew once i get into an intense situation in uh the match at a tournament it will it won't feel too overwhelming because in the room it's already so intense right so and how did i mean how does you said his name was marty the coach how does marty create that intensity what does he do oh man he does a whole bunch of different stuff from like the infliction in his voice alone just to his presence uh he makes sure everyone he like innate he like tells you he lets you know that he believes that everyone he has there can achieve a great amount. You just got to believe it yourself. And a great thing he does is that, sorry, this is so hard to explain. A great thing that he does is that he kind of like forces you to believe it yourself. It kind of, honestly, it kind of backfires with some people because some people internalize it, internalize it, internalize it differently. But for me, it was more of a, he would tell me something per se, like, do you think you can beat this guy? And like, I'm like, you're my coach. Like, you're supposed to tell me like, you can beat this guy. Like go out there. And like, in my head, I'm like, yeah, of course I can beat this guy. But it built that like little uh, voice that talks to yourself, right? It makes you feel a little bit more confident. You, you're telling yourself other than like the coach telling you, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, hundred percent does. I mean, I think some of the best coaches that I've ever had, they do the same thing. They make you believe in yourself yeah right and and it's truly like a it's a it's an art form um in of itself to to be a great coach and that little particular skill like you mentioned some people it works great on right other other people it doesn't because now you're you're questioning maybe i can't beat this guy even if you know you're some of the doesn't matter what the sport it is if you're some of the top and you're supposed to beat the person now you're questioning yourself well you know, he's not saying I can beat him, so maybe I can't beat him, right? And whatever. Exactly that. Exactly that. Did you check out other universities and their wrestling programs? Uh, I was. I went to a, so when I was in grade twelve, I got recruited to a bunch like Western. I uh, checked out Hamilton. I checked out Guelph. I checked out uh, Concordia in Montreal. Uh, the BC was interested. Wow. 
Yeah, there's a good amount of schools that were decently interested, but I don't know. Just something about that room. The Western room was really good. They were really technical, but I think they uh they did lack that little intensity that like the intensity was what like really drove me. And like they had a really a good amount of partners. I knew I was gonna be a little bit bigger in size by the time I got to university. And they had a lot of partners that were at my size and a lot of partners that were at the weight class as well. So I'm like it's hard not to pick that room. Mm. And how does that, how, I mean, I'm a little ignorant here on university wrestling. How does that work uh, in terms of who actually gets to represent the club? Is there tryouts and is there internal meets inside of the university or, or who gets to pick, you know, who, who represents? So in wrestling, there's no real tryouts. You can make the team pretty easy as long as you're <laughs> quote, quote unquote tough enough. Uh, it is a lot of grueling. Uh, we do a lot of uh dry land training, and it's a lot of grueling dry land training. But it's called, it's pretty much a gut check to see how tough you can be and like how much you can push yourself, kind of thing. Because that's ultimately what you're gonna need in wrestling. Like people look at wrestling, and it's like two three minute rounds. Like that's no time. But hmm. when people do two three minute rounds in wrestling, they realize how tiring it is and how taxing it is. But um, yeah. I don't know if that answered your question fully. Yeah, so let me let me try and reword it here. I mean, that definitely gives some insight. Like who, like you mentioned, there's a bunch of training partners at that that weight. You know, the weight classes around you and at your current weight class. Who chose who wrestled for that university? If there's so uh, many. Uh, so usually, what we would do, so the OUAs and the CIS would be later on in the year, and we'd have a bunch of tournaments throughout the year, and people would wrestle. And you kind of develop, like, an understanding of who's better than who, who can beat who for from what school. Like, there would be a Western kid, and, like, there's this one guy at Brock at that weight class. There's, let's say there's three guys at Brock at that weight class, but there's only one guy that can beat him. We most likely will probably send that one guy that can beat him so we can make sure we can send that person to our CIS and win a medal, right? Mm-hmm. But then if there's multiple people in the weight class that are doing the same thing, what we usually did was like a wrestle off. So that was pretty cool. Okay. I actually forgot about those. Yeah. And, and explain what that is here. So here, I'll use my example. So I remember in my first year, there was a uh, five of us at the weight class and we had to have like our own little tournament for the wrestle off. Usually it's just between two people or three people most, but mine was between five people and you face each person And then you accumulate a certain amount of points based on if you pin them, if you tech fall, a tech fall is 10 or more points in wrestling, or if you end up beating them on points by criteria by the time time ends, any of those ways to win, you gain points. And the person with the most points or the person with the most wins at the end, first it goes by wins, then it goes by points. So the person with the most wins and then the person with the most points uh, usually are the two people that uh get to pick the spots. Okay. And, I mean, you, you talked about intensity. How intense are these matchups? I mean, are there, are there spectators? Do, does, the, does the school sell out these wrestle-offs? Like what, what raises those internal intensities in that matchup? Or is it just fighting for that spot? We should we should have had you as a marketer. We should have sold it out to the school, but we just had it in our own uh, little wrestling room, and all our and all the teammates would come, and there would really be no cheering because you don't want to cheer against another teammate. Mm-hmm. It was like pin drop quiet, and wow. no, there's no coaching. There's like three coaches on the uh, staff, but you, they can't coach because again, it's two teammates, so they can't be biased. So then it's just you in that wrestle off against that other person. So I guess the intent, like it exactly. So that intensity alone, just being there, knowing that this is for a spot, it's intense in itself. And how many of those wrestle offs do you have a year? Or is it only the one? Sometimes you have none. Okay. But sometimes you can have, I think that year we had our group and two other groups that had to do wrestle offs. Wow. Okay. Yeah. I do. Pardon? How'd you do on that wrestle off? I ended up winning. <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> and I was a young gun in the crowd. Everyone was like, whoa. 
And I wasn't beating some of those guys in the beginning of the year, which is pretty cool. That is really cool. So I guess, um, you know, the coaches got to see that development of you too, right? Yeah, for sure. So how did you do in the overall wrestling experience in university? I won OUAs five times, won CIS five times. Those are the maximum amount of times you can win them. So I so did you literally couldn't win anymore. <laughs> I did decent. Decent. Okay. Um, and now take us to how you get to, you know, uh, I guess, is it Wrestling Canada? Is that the name of it? Wrestling Canada, yeah. So what was the process for that? Did they come to you? Did you have to try out? What What was that? So at Nationals, they take the top two from the juniors and then the top two from the seniors. Well, what am I saying? They put them on the team, but one is the representative and then one is the alternate, mm. obviously. And I remember being at Junior Nationals when I was in my first year at Bra, and I had won the OUAs and CIS, and everyone was, like, looking out for me and, like, oh, this kid's going to be, like, really good. Uh, he's probably going to win the juniors, but I ended up losing at the Junior Nationals that year. And, yeah, that was that was a tough time thinking back on it right now. But um, the next year, ended up winning the junior nationals. And then my coach had wanted me to compete at the senior nationals the next day as well. So I competed at the senior nationals, and I got second. And then, yeah, I was on the junior team from that on. And then the year after, I, I moved up a weight class, and I was a senior now. So I had to wrestle at the senior nationals at a weight class above and ended up winning the nationals five times at that weight class in a row. So, Wow. And so you speak a lot about weight classes here, right? Um, For sure. It, I mean, I know it used to be very prominent. What What is the state of weight cutting? Ooh, weight cutting. So I'm not a big weight cutter. When I used to go to the smaller weight class, I did cut a lot of weight. And that's the reason why I moved up because I did not like cutting weight at all um people still cut weight a good amount for me um i cut weight i cut maybe like six seven or eight kilos when i was cutting to 65 kilograms i think that was the weight class 66 or 65 they changed it halfway through or something like that but then i moved up to 74 kilograms and now i cut like three kilograms and that's pretty easy once you've had practice so so 65 to 74 kilos, that seems like a really big jump. There's no weight classes in between. There is a 70 kilo, but it's a non-Olympic weight. And I knew I wanted to try my best run for the Olympics. So I'm like, you know, I might as well jump into the bigger weight class now. Wow. And so when you, when you talk about cutting the six, seven or eight kilos, um, which, I mean, thinking about it, uh, and the people listening at home, that, that probably seems like a big jump. But like you said, when after you've done it a few times, it's, it becomes easy, right? What's the process like for you? So the, the seven kilos, let's say seven, um, that never really, you don't, you kind of get used to it, but it still feels, it still hurts. Uh, the process is you start maybe a month out, you make sure you take care of your diet, get your gut all right. Uh, make sure you're working out what once at least once a day to make sure you're sweating and burning off all the food that you're eating um and then it slowly starts bringing your weight down and then like maybe a week out i think we drink lots of water like i like i said again i haven't done those big cuts in a while you drink lots of water so that it could flush out your system and that by the time there's a week left uh what we used to do is uh we used to sauna i think a lot of people hot bath they use steam rooms there's different methods to do um we use a sauna and we just cut the weight the rest of the water weight in the sauna okay is it very similar to how mma fighters cut weight oh uh, very similar mm-hmm. very similar mma fighters will probably a little bit more drastic because they cut a little bit more weight but yeah and now for for the i know you mentioned the olympics but for these big club events uh you know university and such was this all same day weigh-ins so before, when I first started wrestling, it was day before uh, weigh-ins. I can't remember exactly when they changed it. I want to say it was after uh, 2016 or 2017. 
they changed it to day of weigh-ins. Mm, and do they do any type of hydration hydration test? You know, maybe it's. Uh, I know, I know, like uh, MMA promotions, like One FC, they 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 measure how much like uh, water you have in your body. Do do they do anything like that? No, they don't do anything like that. Our personal uh, nutritionist for Team Canada, she used to do things like that just to make sure we weren't cutting too much weight. And was there ever a time that you were worried about your health while cutting weight? Um, no. You were pretty safe the whole time? and, and... Pretty, pretty safe. Even when I was cutting the 7, 8 kilograms, I knew it sucked, but I never felt like I was going to die. Or, wow, I took it way past. I never felt uh, like I was in danger. Mm. Yeah. And so the main reason that you moved up to the higher weight class was to not cut as much weight. For sure. How did that affect your performance? Oh, in the beginning, it hit hard. Uh, I remember there was this one guy, uh, Sean Day Finley. He beat me twice before I finally started beating him. And then I ended up beating him with a good amount of times after that, but um, it was so weird to adjust to it, just different style, people, I don't know if it's, people aren't as fast, they're like almost just as fast, but they're way stronger, I wasn't built into the frame at the time, but no, within time it came pretty fast actually, because by the, by the end of that year, I ended up winning a senior national, so Exactly, exactly. Um, how did you stay consistent with your mindset and and your goals throughout all this time, even stemming all the way back to high school? Um so my brother, well, I have an older brother and he played football, like I said. He used to always tell me winning isn't everything, it's the only thing. Mm. <laughs> and um I think that used to resonate with me and it wasn't really so much for sports at the time. At the time it was for like video games, playing around with friends and whatnot. He's like, you always have to win. Like whatever you got to do kind of thing. And I remember being in wrestling and like, I'm like, man, like I, I remember losing that first match and thinking right away, winning isn't everything. It's the only thing I knew what this guy meant right away. As soon as he said it, I'm like, man, this guy was so right. This sucks. Losing sucks. Winning is everything, literally what it, what he says. And I just remember embodying that. And I'm a pretty laid back person, like I was about to explain. So I didn't try to let anything bother me. Like, even if I lost a match, I'd be like, you know what, Javon? Like, maybe it wasn't your time. Let's go back to the drawing board. We can fix that. And usually, usually, I don't, there's not many times where like I've gone back to the drawing board and I didn't see uh, some kind of success. So, I was never put down by trying keep to put down by I don't know how to explain that to keep putting forward an effort, right? Yeah, yeah, like, like yeah. cover after a loss and get better, right? Exactly. It's interesting that you you said, you know, whatever you have to do to win, right? Is there any type of drug testing done in these competitions? So, at first there's no drug testing. I don't remember anyone doing drug- Well, Maybe I was just uh, ignorant to it. But uh, when I started being on the Team Canada, they started drug testing us. Uh, they'd come to your house randomly. You'd have to tell them your where- give them your whereabouts. And then a time they could come in randomly during the day. And they wouldn't tell you. Or at competition, they might test you randomly. They usually test like the winner and then maybe a random person, second mm-hmm. or third, someone else in the weight class. But uh, yeah, there's drug testing being done, so... And have you ever heard of anybody, maybe you've wrestled them or not, uh, that got busted for, for drugs? A, a couple of times. A couple of times. Some people got something in their uh, protein or their um, pre-workout that messes them up. I've, people have gotten caught for marijuana. So many different things, right? Mm, yeah, and that was kind of my next question. Was there you know, ever a time, and I think you just kind of answered it there, where... Uh, the person wasn't deliberately cheating, right? They weren't deliberately using, you know, PEDs, but they were popped, like you said, maybe in the protein or the pre-workout, which to them, uh, you wouldn't know, right? Yeah, for sure. But I remember there was one case where someone got popped for something. I can't remember what it was. And they ended up fighting the situation. 
instead of a four-year ban, I think they maybe got just a one-year ban or two-year ban or something, but they didn't get as long of a ban. Mm. And they just told him to, like, be more precautious. So, Wow. And so you've competed internationally. Where has, uh, I guess, the coolest places that you've been, you know, like where, where has wrestling taken, taken you across the world that, that you consider to be some of the coolest places? Holy, that's everywhere. Korea, Australia, Spain, France, um, wherever I've been, Chile, Peru, Croatia, all over the world, all over the world. I think if I was going to pick a favorite that I've been to, might have to be Korea. Korea was really cool. Korea, South Korea was really, really, really cool trip. What was it that made it so, so cool? The training was crazy intense. And they, and they appreciated us there. And it felt, and it, I don't know that, Asian culture has that uh, that honor system. You can you can really feel it, especially when you're in a place like that. It's like it's all about that honor, that respect, and you can really feel it when you're in a place like that. And I appreciate that. I think because that's kind of how I grew up. Just because my mom, I don't know, maybe they adopted it further in their line because I know my mom's great grandmother. She's Chinese, so maybe they adopted it there but somehow there's that honor and that respect i appreciate a lot and it goes a long way so wow i like seeing it and, and where was the um i guess the toughest competition that you faced from internationally the toughest i faced so many good guys that are real uh, that's hard to say i've wrestled like i like i've trained with Kyle Dake, he's won world championships. Yep. Um, I trained with Yanni. He got second at the world championships recently. Uh, I've wrestled around with Frank Chimizo. He's won the worlds a couple of times. He's gotten silver and bronze a couple of times at the Olympics as well. I've trained with ya- I've wrestled Yazdani from Iran. Uh, he beat me up when we were younger at the junior nationals. The- There's so many different places that are super tough i don't know who would be the toughest maybe training down in the states with uh kyle dake and yanni would be probably the toughest situation they were they're really good and you went down there for training yeah how did the training in the states um compare to the training up here honestly man it's not crazy different the training it's just what they can provide right the tr- what they can provide down there is so much more than what we provide to our athletes here, which isn't a bad thing. It's just how it goes because of money and what the country wants to put their money into, right? But they have a lot of money put into wrestling there. They have a lot of uh, donators and all that stuff. And you can really tell, like, it helps build a program. It makes you not have to care about so many things at once, right? It, you can really like dive yourself into wrestling a little bit more, you know? Yeah. Was this at the Olympic Training Center? Oh, uh, no, it's not the Olympic Training Center. It's just called, it's just Cornell University. Okay. Yep. And we wrestled at the Friedman Wrestling Center. So, what do you think Canada could do as a whole that would um, really amplify and elevate the state of wrestling? Ooh. Um, I think Canada should, it's so hard to say because. With the states, uh, there's so many, like the population of California is a, is bigger than the population of Canada. So they already have the numbers in their one region, their one little small region. Our numbers are spread out so far. We would have to get like all our guys to train together. Because I remember even being on the national team, anytime we had, we had these uh, training camps, they were called TOPS. I don't know if it was an acronym or what. But it was basically a development camp to see how athletes are developing. And they would do a lot of tests in order to see where you're at, where they want you to be, and where you should be, etc. We'd also wrestle at those camps. And we'd wrestle around with new faces that were the other guys that were number one. Maybe they're from Edmonton. Maybe they're from 
Montreal, maybe they're from New Brunswick, maybe they're from Vancouver. There's so many different options instead of just your training room now. And they're all like the number one guys. Whereas it's really hard to do that in Canada just because of the landmass, how big it is. It's like I said, it's, it's spread out, right? Whereas in the States, they have all the resources to be able to do that. Like to travel from one end of the States to the next end of the States costs nothing. To travel from one end of Canada to the next end of Canada costs a lot more money than it is to do that in the United States. Yeah, you, you mentioned the cost here. Does, you know, is there any type of uh, grant or funding from, you know, the government that would help cover these costs? Ooh, that's a good, that's a good point. I don't, I've never looked into something like that. I think now that I'm coaching, though, I'll definitely look into it. But I don't think so because I feel like, our coaches did a good job of looking out for stuff like that for us. So, so, so the coaches would, would help with the, the cost. So like, did you ever have to take money out of your pocket and pay for these trips? Uh, sometimes, but uh, I also, when you're on the team Canada, uh, you get this thing called cart, you get carding okay. and it's basically a financial assistant from the, it's called athlete assistance program and it's ran by the government and they give you, a good amount of money and that's usually took care of most things sometimes i'd have to spend money off but no that usually took care of most things for the year yeah because i mean just even what you mentioned there it sounds like there'd be a huge difference if you know somebody can dedicate their time to just getting better at wrestling as opposed to now you have to go and work another job and you have to you know 100 percent 100 percent um, so, I mean, maybe that might be the first step. I don't know what, um, you know, what's available right now, but uh, in any sport, but especially something like wrestling, which is, you know, it's still an Olympic sport, right? And it's yeah. longest ones. For sure. How do you think your, your, your training has changed from when you started to where it is now? Like, do you think that there's a big learning curve somewhere and after you hit that, you kind of plateau? And what do you do to get over that? Um, I think you always have a little bit of plateau. I think you just got to dig yourself out. But, no, I think my training has been pretty pretty similar throughout my life. Um, I'm trying to think of – it's always been, like, train hard, make sure your cardio is good, and make sure you're staying focused. That's, the, that's one of the main things – I would ask my older brother, I'm like, like, what would you do? And he would always be like, you got to train hard, but you got to be focused when you're training. Once you realize you're not like focusing on the material that's being given, let's say the coach is trying to show us a double leg and I just can't focus on the double leg because I'm so tired or I'm like so thirsty, I'm exhausted. He's like, that's when you need to stop. Don't push yourself past that point because you're not retaining anything at that point, right? You're just like mm. overworking your body at that point, overworking your mind. Your body's trying to tell you it needs to take a break. So I feel like my training hasn't been too different. It's still a lot of the same, making sure you're focused the whole time and trying and trying to keep that focus a little bit longer. Obviously, you're trying to work on that. You don't want to like just be focused for 10 minutes and be like, all right, that's 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 the amount of time I have to be focused. No, you want to be able to build on that focus time, right? Mm, I see. And what training aids do you use? Do you use a lot of video analysis? Do you, you know, have a, maybe a whoop strap or a heart rate monitor? What, what training aids do you use to help you? So I used to use a heart rate monitor for a good amount of time. That, that was pretty cool. It just helped me see it for myself. But then I kind of got, before that, I was kind of used to knowing where I was at. And then I kind of got used to knowing where I was at even better by using the heart monitor. So I stopped kind of using it. Uh, training aids. No, not too much else, especially with wrestling. You don't really need much, right? You just need boots, a shirt, T-shirt, a T-shirt and shorts. And you can, a partner, uh, preferably, and it <laughs> could be easy, easily, uh, you could easily train. But yeah, like you said, video, video analysis is a really good one. Um, a lot of video analysis, actually. I like watching wrestling. A lot of people don't, but if you know what's going on, it's pretty cool. And do you record your practices? Uh, sometimes, sometimes I do record my practices, um, not as often as I recorded my matches just so I can look back on them, but yeah. 
Okay, so so let's fast forward to where we are now, right? You mentioned you're helping out with coaching. Um, where are you helping with the coaching and, and, you know, where's your future development? So right now I'm at Niagara Top Team. Uh, it's a MMA club in Niagara Falls. Yep. I coach Perkett, Chris Perkett and Matt DeMarc, Antonio. They are the coaches there. They own the place and whatnot. But anyways, get past that part. They just love my wrestling and they always want me to come show show things. And they're just like, oh, like, can you come show things? And they usually try to run privates here so people can get more time with you on, like, the off wrestling days. And I was like, for sure. So I started this little business thing where I run my own privates for people. And it's been going great. A lot of people show interest. A lot of people love the wrestling. They know how crucial it is, especially in the sport of MMA. But some people just like it for the workouts. Some people... I got some wrestlers that I do it with that just want to be better at wrestling. So it's pretty cool. Mm. And where do you see yourself? You know, are you still going to continue to compete? Ooh, that's like the age long question. I don't know. I honestly don't know. I wish I could give you the best possible answer for that. Um, I'll try to force one out, but for me, at the moment, it's all about is it worth it at the end of the day right now. Um, there's so many different factors that can play into it, if it's worth it. And weighing them all can be very, very, very uh, strenuous because you're trying to balance this thing, right? which is life outside of wrestling and then life inside wrestling. And like I said before, you got to dev- – you got to – you got to dive headfirst into that pool of wrestling. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't, I've been there, done that. And I've also experienced those guys training at Cornell and what it took to like win that world championship, what it took to win that Olympic bronze or whatever it was. And it takes a lot of time and it's hard to do that here. You know, we, we talked about it already. Yeah, it's all in mindset, really, right? Yeah. And, you know, you kind of mentioned it. What what, what do you sacrifice, you know, when you're pursuing this excellence? So much. It's crazy because, like, I'm a big family and friends person, like, huge family and friends person. I remember, like, they would all be going out or doing something, and I'd always miss family events, and I would always, like, kind of be upset, but I'm like, man, I got to wrestle, I got to wrestle. Then I remember COVID hit. I think that's when the hiatus of me, well, of everyone not being able to compete started. And I'm like, man, like, I still need to work out, still need to wrestle. But, like, with this free time, I got no competition, nothing to do. And people would start inviting me over to do things. So I'd go over, hang with my friends and family. And then I'm like, oh, this is very, very, very pleasant. This is what I love to do. And then um, also needing a job. Find, looking for a job, realizing I can make money by doing X, Y, Z, whatever it was, and then bring some cash back and I don't have to, I don't know, it's just a weird concept to think about. I know I'm rambling now, so. No, I mean, <laughs> it, it makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, a lot of um, athletes, but especially high caliber uh, athletes like yourself, they really struggle with what to do after their sport, in your case, wrestling. Right. Because, you know, like you just mentioned, since high school, that's all you've ever known. Exactly. Right. So now you, you're on this little bit of hiatus through COVID and, you know, you, you almost see the other side. You see what it is mm-hmm. like to be, you know, uh, how old would you have been during COVID? 24, 25? I would have been 25. Right. <clears throat> so as a 25 year old and the first time in your life, you're not all in on something that you've been all in on since you were basically 17, 16. Right. That's nine years of, of constant. That's that consumes your life. Right. For sure. Um, how are you dealing with, you know, this little bit of a hiatus of, of life after wrestling per se? Right. I mean, I know you said it's not officially done, but you're on a break for now. How am I dealing with it? Oh, honestly, man, people ask me this question all the time. I, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Like if I like obviously I still want to win the Olympics still always like want to be the best that's that's 
that's the number one thing. I want to be the best. How I want to prove it to everyone. I want to be the best for myself, etc. But I also like helping people become the best version of themselves. Not only do I like helping people become the best version of themselves, like I said before, I like spending time with my family and friends, you know, and being able to do all of that is, I don't know, it's kind of, it's kind of, it's very nice and kind of, in that sense, worth it not to go, not to go back. But then also, I don't know, it's such a hard place to be in. <laughs> it is, I mean, for sure it is, right? I mean, and on top of that, you're kind of, reaching you know what a lot of people consider the athletic peak right you're you're right around what 27 28 right now yeah exactly right and you don't want to live your life with regrets when you're 60 that's an, and then that's the other thing someone was like well you're gonna regret i was like i promise you in this very moment i've i'm happy with what everything i've done i've done a lot and i've wrestled a lot of great people like i've all i obviously like i said i want to be the best but this journey can only last so long anyways. You know? I don't know. I'm pretty I'm pretty good about it, to be honest, but it is it, it's still it's still weird. It's like a big limbo. <laughs> yeah. I I can hear that, right? It's it's such a, a, a conflict, right? Yeah. But you also know what it takes to get there. Uh, yeah, I know what it takes. It takes a lot. It takes a lot. It takes a lot. Right. I mean, uh, we just passed, you know, Thanksgiving here in Canada. Right. I mean, when you were competing, how many Thanksgivings did you have with your family? Exactly. Right. Exactly. How many birthday parties did you did you miss? Exactly. Right. And and that's that's just something really small, but small things add up. For sure. Exactly. Right. Um, all right. So let's 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 move on here then. Right. You're You're now considered. Uh, what you just described as a you know a leader and uh, a teacher in the gym and this gym's Niagara Talk Team for the moment, you know what is a leadership mindset for you? Leadership mindset. I would say it's someone that can guide someone else into a path. Not a path that is chosen by the leader, but a path that's chosen by the individual, the most with the least resistance. So, obviously, not leading someone to do anything that's crime related or anything, but like being able to lead someone, be like, okay, so what do you want to do with whatever it is? And where do you want to take it and helping them get to where they want to get to? That's pretty much all a leader is in my eyes. Mm. And that's pretty much how I coach the guys, right? When I'm there wrestling, I give them a, I give them a, a blueprint, and it's up to them to build how they want to build around that blueprint. But the blueprint is what's going to help you. Everything else that you build is up to you. Because everyone has their own style. Me and my friend Chance Matuku, we like to talk about this thing called style. And when you look at anyone in this lifetime that uh, has done anything great, they all have their own style. Walt Disney, Michael Jordan, Michael Jackson. You know when you, you're listening to a Michael Jackson song or if it's a Michael Jackson dance movie. You know when you're watching Michael Jordan play, you can tell the patterns. With Disney, you can see the animation style. Oh, this is a Disney movie. This is not a Disney movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just that style that everyone has. And it's like being able to develop your style and like really immerse it into the world is really fun and really cool to see happen so well i i gotta ask you this question then what's your style Ooh, ooh, i know I, you put me on the spot now <laughs> yeah exactly uh i don't know i'm very here i'll use what other people like to say about me they say i'm very uh it feels like when i'm wrestling it feels like there's like this little bubble and it's hard to break the bubble but it's really hard for me to break out of my bubble and get back in it. So it's really hard for them to react to anything. I don't know if that makes any sense at all, but I've had that explained to me like a couple times, literally exactly like that. So. Okay. All right. Yeah, exactly. I know. <laughs> okay. <It's> a, I know. <laughs> and 
I mean, what what does uh, like an off season look like for you? I know, I know you mentioned you know a bit of a hiatus now, but when you were wrestling, you know, is there an off season? Not really. You're always working. You're always trying to work to get better. So I guess in the summertime, right when you know the school was done, you were off wrestling for for Canada. So in high school, uh, my club and my school would end at the same time. And uh, when does school end in high school in Canada? Maybe in June? Around that time, right? But June, I think. And then we'd have no practices. So for, so for those summers, I would either go to Matman Wrestling or Team Impact Wrestling in Toronto and just try to get better there. Now, uh, Brock changed throughout the summer because a lot of Team Canada athletes want to train. so And we usually have a decent amount on the team. And a lot of people also want to get better throughout the summer instead of just not do anything. So we always have partners to train with us during the summers. Okay. And, you know, does the university do any cross-training with other universities, like maybe Guelph or you mentioned Hamilton? or We've any- done a couple stuff like that where they would come down to us or we'd go down to them and just – do a little bit of cross training, but I honestly think not not as much as we should have. Mm. Not, not as much, yeah, not as much as we should. Have. Did I say that wrong? No, no I think that makes sense. Yeah, not yeah. as much. As we yeah, yeah. Would you ever consider being a coach for for you know your former university? That would be cool. There's well, been well, little, there's been little talks about it before, but nothing. I don't think major talks. Maybe I was blind. Maybe I was blind and didn't realize. But... What What's the process? Do you know the process? What's the process like for that? Is that a paid gig? Is that something you'd be able to? It would be a paid gig. Um, exactly. I don't know the process. That's why I don't think that's that that was a serious talk, like serious talk in that sense. You know what I mean? I think it's just been said. Oh, that he would make a great coach for the the next. He would be a next good coach for the program blah 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 stuff like that and a lot of people do say it but i don't know no yeah okay and uh there was one more uh, person i forget the guy's name uh pricket is that brad chris Chris prickett yeah he was also a a very um high level wrestler as well correct he is he is where did you guys meet um he came to brock when i was in second year i believe and he his his ex-wife now um was living out here so they moved out here and they were living and he just wanted to like wrestle around and then he came and then he became part of the coaching staff and he yeah he just helped me develop as well in the time that he was there and that was like the first time we met, I feel like. No, I think I met him before that because he was a he was on the national team and whatnot. So I must have like met him in passing and I've been to the Guelph room. I must have met him in passing before that. But I remember him being at Brock and one of my good friends, Luke Roberts, he was really good friends with Prickett, Chris Prickett, and um he would always train with him at Guelph before Luke came to Brock to train. And I guess they had a connection and I had a connection with Luke. So Luke was like that middleman, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Would you be interested in doing seminars at other gyms? So a lot of other gyms actually have been talking to me about that. And I'm just trying to work out the logistics of it. But yeah, for sure. And you don't think that, uh, you know, Niagara Top Team would take any offense to it or would get offended or anything like that? And no, because ultimately, good all publicity is good publicity. At the end of the day, if I go there and do a seminar for some other gym, they're going to be like, oh, where do you like coach out? I'm going to tell them that I talk to you. you know, that's going to be home base. Mm-hmm. So it always gets good publicity, right? Yeah, yeah. I got you. I got you. All right. Well, I've got three questions I ask every one of my guests. Can I ask them to you too? Go ahead. What three qualities do you possess that make you successful? Three qualities that I possess that make me successful. I think number one is being able to keep a level head. I think number two, I think I know how to read people well in terms of when their emotions are up and down 
when they're tired, they're not tired, anything like that. I think I'm really good at reading body language. And that strive for that intensity. I love the intensity. Being able to strive in that intense situation. Cool. I love that. If you could go back in time, what is something that you would tell your younger self? Damn. What age? Any age. You pick it. I pick the age. If I was like anywhere from six to ten, I'd be like, go start wrestling. <laughs> okay. That's what I'd say. Um, if I was twenty let's say twenty, I'd yeah. like finish university faster. Because it took me a little bit longer to finish university than it should have. Finish university faster and get out to Cornell and go train out there for the, the remainder of your career. Um, if I was, yeah, let's do those two for now. But that's the only thing. Anything else? No, no, really, nothing crazy. Okay, that, that love my spoke, life. That that spoke something else. So if you, you know, if you did decide to go back in, is that where you'd go? Would you go straight to Cornell? I think so. Yeah. Okay. That's where I'd go. All right. If they if they accepted me, I think they would, but I can't assume that, right? How how do okay? How does that work out? They have to accept you? Oh uh, no, not really. I'll tell them I'm coming. I've been there, like I was there for what was it? Eight months of the eight months, the one time, just training down there, and they loved me. I was their training partner. They treated me like I was one of their athletes. So it would. I don't think it would be a problem, but I just want to make sure i don't just say oh i can go there anytime i want kind of thing. yeah 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 okay okay i got you and what is something you do every day that you are proud of something i do every day that i am proud of i live my life that's what that's that's the answer i live my life not anyone else's mine whatever i want to do i ultimately try to do whatever i want to do and most of the time it works out. And I think that's why I don't really have any regrets. And I'm usually a pretty happy person. Like people don't usually see me mad. So. Man, I love it. I love it. Do you know, uh, do you know Ryan Liu? Ryan Liu. I do know Ryan Liu. Yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a good buddy of mine, man. So nice. I, I, I had you on and I had to message him and he was so excited. So. Nice. I love, I love that guy, man. He's no, awesome. Ryan Liu is a great guy. Great guy. I never got to wrestle him in, uh, a tournament or anything. I've always wanted to, too. I remember him being younger, and he was really good. He was so such a hard worker. I remember I went to that one Guelph practice. Actually, I'd wrestled him there. He beat me up. I was a young kid. And a bunch of those Guelph guys beat me up at the time. And I remember going there. I was like, man, this is so... Like, this is, that, that was actually a really good room at the time as well. I was thinking about going to Guelph because they had so many good partners around my size. Same situation. And I remember uh, we just finished a hard practice. I was drinking a ton of water. And, like, I think near the end, we did, like, an overload. And right before the overload, uh, I remember drinking water. And I was like, wait a minute. And I puked. And it was just water because I was just filling my stomach with only water. Went and did the overload. And I, like, laid on the mat after the overload. And everyone else was dying on the mat. (laughs) And then Luke was like, yo, let's go. We got to catch. We got to get going. Because he was driving all over the place. We were driving back to Brampton from Guelph. Mm-hmm. And I look into the room beside it, which had like a bunch of treadmills and like cardio machines. And there's Ryan Lou right after practice. Killing sprints. Like not even like, I'm pretty sure that thing was set at like 14. <laughs> and I'm like, this makes no sense. That practice was hard as hell. Um, and yeah, I remember seeing that through the window and I'm just like, that's, that's pretty impressive. So, Oh man, that's awesome! Yeah. What, I gotta know what in this situation that you just described. What was overload? What did you guys do? Um, at the time, it would have been like five double leg pickups, carry, or like these things we call good mornings. We probably did. I don't remember at the time, but we just pushed the body to its limits. It's like a lot of body weight, no like free weights. A lot of body weight. You use a partner, anything. Mm just getting the legs to get tired, getting the arms to be tired as possible. I love it, man. Oh, man, that's incredible. Do you have any questions for me? No, that was great, man. That was really good. Where can people find you? 
uh instagram javon balfour uh or sensei jb4 that's where i show wrestling coach wrestling um that's pretty much it javon balfour on like any platform really twitter snap uh what twitter instagram i think that's the only ones i do have yeah Perfect, man. Well, hopefully, uh, hopefully we'll have to meet up in person, and you can you can teach me some stuff. <laughs> for sure, or at Niagara Top Team. That's what, yeah, for sure. Niagara Top Team. Meet up at Niagara Top Team. And oh man, I, I love that. I've been trying to get out there. I, I love that place. <laughs> All right, man. Take care. Have a great day. All right, Dylan. You have a wonderful day as well, man. Thanks. Bye. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening, guys. Please don't forget to like and share this. I'm trying to get this to everybody, uh, any person that you know in Ontario, Canada, um, or anybody that you know comes to Ontario, Canada. I uh, I want to really highlight businesses and people who are in the area. Thanks, guys. Don't forget, like and share and comment, and I'll see you next time. Peace.